Hi, I'm Rick Barron, your host, and welcome to That's Life, I Swear. The COVID pandemic just threw just-in-time delivery manufacturing practices out the window. Now what? Let's jump into this. We're a society that can purchase anything we desire, from new high-tech cars, clothing, gadgets, you name it. We've been weaned on buying 24 hours a day, and having items shipped to our doorstep the next day has really become the norm. Well, those simple days came to an end in early 2020. The COVID pandemic took our world by storm. The accelerating rate increased the virus transmission and the death rate, and the global response for containment also increased. We would all soon learn a lesson about just-in-time economics and its impact on the supply chain. When the supply chain is not running smooth, we learned a lesson in economics very quickly. We witnessed the disruption of our healthcare system, freedom of movement, employment, the economy, and our ability to buy goods. We started seeing long lines at stores growing longer and longer by the week during the early months of 2020. I saw people stocking up on toilet paper, hand sanitizers, food, household goods, the sense of nervousness intensified when hearing about the shortage of ventilators, masks, and medical equipment. I think at this point we all start to feel the unraveling of the supply chain. What we didn't know was that we as customers had a role in feeding that unraveling. Call it a self-inflicting wound. I remember looking back to March of 2020 and hearing the news across various media stations that the government was instructing our country to self-quarantine for at least two weeks due to COVID. We as a country had no idea of what was coming. At first, working from home, for those who could, wasn't too bad of an idea. Taking a break from not having to get up in the morning and dealing with the morning traffic, not to mention the evening traffic, was just pure bliss. We all thought a few weeks of self-quarantine wouldn't be so hard. But unfortunately, American psyche thinking that this would be quick and blow over in no time, hit a stone wall. As time progressed, the two-week timeline stretched to a few more additional weeks, and then more. In time, the reality of what the world was about to deal with finally hit home. As the days and weeks moved forward, we adjusted to the new norm of being homebound, not going into the office. Slowly, we all converted our bedrooms, garages, and living rooms into our new office cubes. My next-door neighbor, a fourth-grade teacher, soon converted her garage into a new classroom. Staying locked up in our homes caused us to make changes in our lifestyle habits. One of those habits that changed was our buying online. And the buying online intensified. We had to have comfort, which dictated adding gym equipment, like a treadmill or a stationary bike. And of course, what home would be complete without a new video game console. 90-inch TVs in our garages. Throw in a wine fridge. I think you get the picture. During 2020 and into 2021, we continued with our online buying habits, but with a panicked state of mind, we sought not to be caught short with what we needed during 2020, no matter the wait times for deliveries. In 2021, the economy started showing life, and the beginning of a comeback, or normal as we kept calling it, was happening. Online shopping quickly intensified even more so. This is where we hit that stone wall. 
Eventually, we said a final goodbye to 2020 and moved into 2021 with new hope. We saw light at the end of the tunnel with vaccines coming in to address COVID. We finally saw a medical solution to those of us anxious to start living again and get out of being cooked up in our homes. However, as we began to see relief with the COVID problem, another problem emerged. Our buying online habits over the past two years threw a monkey wrench into the supply chain. With a giant surge of purchases happening online, and those not online, found that factories whose production tends to be pretty predictable found that the pipeline was being overwhelmed. They're wrapping up to satisfy a surge of orders during 2020 and 2021 was falling short, way short. Our supply chain was about to be tested. Better yet, it would go through a tsunami stress test the likes that it wasn't even built to handle. When the COVID kicked in in early 2020, we experienced shelves going from empty to very empty. In the blink of an eye, everything from our favorite cereal, toilet paper, essential item indeed, to online sites started showing out-of-stock signs. How did we get here? To begin this story, we need to go back to the early stages of the pandemic. Factories worldwide started feeling the wave of the lockdown through 2020 and into 2021. They had to cope with workers getting sick or quitting, thus cutting back on production. What began as a trickle in the labor force soon spun into a new catchphrase for 2021. The Great Resignation. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, we witnessed over 4 million Americans around July of 2021 quitting their jobs. 4 million. Many workers, mainly older, who didn't want to jeopardize putting themselves at risk and fearful of catching the COVID virus, leaped to retire several years earlier. In addition, Families were being impacted by losing a workforce in the child care industry, thus being forced to stay home with their children now more than ever. With all this happening and more, the dominoes started to fall. Seeing the demand for shipping goods worldwide going from a waterfall to a trickle led factories having no choice but to reduce work schedules. There was another contribution to the supply chain breakdown. Today, factories have a large web of components required to build their products. Anything from housing construction, flat panel TVs, refrigerators, mobile phones, computers, all things high-tech. So what does this mean? Computer chips. We saw a significant impact with the broken supply chain in the car industry. The auto industry had long operated on a just-in-time method of manufacturing, as other companies worldwide did. The pandemic was causing economies to go upside down, with factories and shipping companies dealing with the wide gap in producing goods and getting them to their destinations. Buyers dealt with delays for cars, office fans, computers, TVs, you name it, all of which were impacted due to the shortage of computer chips and other materials. The irony in all this was that our economy was beginning to come back. So instead of running full steam, we were running with crutches due to the collapse with the supply chain. The car industry really took it on the chin with the breakage. Today, cars are moving computer machines. They do everything short of washing and waxing themselves. 
Various computer components for vehicles come not from one country, but from multiple countries. Taiwan, South Korea, computers assembled in China may require a chip made in the USA or Malaysia, a flat panel display from South Korea, and dozens of other electronics drawn from around the world require specialized chemicals from different parts of China or Europe. Our reliance on the few key areas in our world to keep our factories humming is a problem in and of itself. If matters were not already bad enough, we found ourselves dealing with worldwide traffic jams with our shipping containers. Due to early on spikes in consumer spending online and overwhelming the pipelines, shortages of everything, lack of truck drivers and port workers, our major ports became parking lots we never could have imagined. Ships just sitting out there losing money by the hour. With all of the pandemic restrictions forced upon us as a society, we faced a limitation of dock workers and truck drivers. Do the math. Every container that cannot be unloaded in one place is a container that cannot be loaded somewhere else. We were getting a hard lesson in economics. Any hiccup in the supply chain equates to delays and extra costs for everyone. COVID only exacerbated the just-in-time journey as it turned it upside down. It was the perfect economic tsunami. With more people now working from home due to mandates and shutdowns, moving them to buy even more online led to clogging the ship, shipping and transportation systems worldwide. Add to those quitting their jobs in mass, causing shortages in critical areas such as shipping, transporting, and manufacturing. So here's the million-dollar question. When will the shortages end? When will our supply chain get back on track? Well, your guess is as good as mine, but the consensus amongst the economic gurus is that perhaps by the summer of 2022, or as late as early 2023, and maybe longer should we encounter another COVID swing or who knows what. So what lessons can we learn from here? What's the takeaway from the story I just walked you through? Eventually, the world will begin to come back to normal. When we get there, and we will, collectively we need to look back at what we went through dealing with a broken supply chain. Another pandemic can and most likely will occur again someday. But suffice it to say, other factors could throw our supply chain into a spin, not just a pandemic. That said, we need to deal with reality, learn what happened with our supply chain, and prepare better next time, particularly in a digital world. As a result of the supply chain going through numerous ups and downs, we saw how the supply crunch drove up prices. The pandemic was terrible enough, but throw in inflation into the mix, and the situation became unbearable. Companies have an opportunity to begin figuring out solutions given the vulnerabilities that the recent supply chain crisis has exposed. So here's a few ideas to consider. Multi-sourcing. Approximately 31% of companies have developed alternate sources of even more supply for 70% or more of their Tier 1 suppliers, according to the American Productivity and Quality Center. Diversify. China has become the world factory. The outbreak of COVID had massive implications for global supply chains. 
approximately 200 of the Fortune 500 companies have a presence in Wahoo, location of the initial outbreak. But again, COVID has made it clear not to put all your eggs in one basket. Without people's labor, there is no movement. COVID forced companies to lay people off to cut costs. Some people lost work because of government shutdowns, quarantine, or other health risks. As companies recover and rebuild from the impact of the pandemic, companies need to look into new technology, such as investing in technology to help with supply chain optimization and visualization applications. Made in the USA We need to look at reinventing our thinking of manufacturing outside our country and build facilities within that are really of a concern for the United States. Case in point, semiconductors. I hope the leaders in economics and world leaders work together in taking this past nightmare as a lesson to build a new plan that will hopefully lessen the blow the next time. Well, there you go. That's life, I swear. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe here or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. See you soon.